Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. You're listening to Linux in the Ham Shack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello and welcome everybody. You have tuned in to episode number 282 of Linux in the Ham Shack. And tonight, the regular cast of characters is all here. I'm Russ, K5TUX. And I'm Charles, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD. All right, so we're going to dive right into it. This is our deep dive topic, our long topic for, well, the week that we kind of missed last week, but that's okay. We're going to do it this (laughs) week. And what we're going to talk about is something we have, we've talked about a little bit in the in the past i'm not sure we did did we do an actual deep dive on i think we did we talked about building the ubuntu yes. distribution with cubic and all that kind of stuff so we're going to kind of revisit it because the latest version of ubuntu has come out in 1904 and the last version of our ubuntu build was based on 1804 there have been a couple of revs of 1804.1.2 and we've been trying to ramp it up and get a build out because hamvention's coming up and we want to have kind of the latest, greatest, at least the latest, greatest LTS uh, available at Hamvention. But we've been kind of running into problems. We've had several people kind of beta testing the builds, and we've run into various issues and things like that. So I guess we're just going to kind of run down what's been done to build the 1804.2 V2 LHS build and uh, where you can go from there and what's been going on with that kind of thing. And Maybe even what we're going to wind up with when we show up in Hamvention. It should be maybe even interesting to us. I don't know. But since Bill is the one who uh, actually does most of the build work on these and pushes up the images for the rest of us to try out and figure out where they fail, uh, we'll let you talk about uh, the build process. Yeah, and it seems like I'm having a much more luck failing than I am anything else at this point. <laughs> now we're uh, we uh, I first started with uh, an LTS uh, our previous disk which I had revved up to eighteen oh four dot one LD LTS and I just did some updates on it, but then I remembered, oh yeah, when you change the kernels out in Cubic, it kind of gets a little flaky, and I had people with build issues right away. Um, inside of a virtual machine, I didn't have that problem. So I didn't think it was a big problem. And, and then, uh, I was like, ah, okay, fine. I'll, I'll start with a pure, uh, 1804 two <laughs> ISO from, uh, from, uh, Mate. Cause doesn't the, so I, the plain build have like 4.15 or something? Uh, the kernel. Yeah. Isn't it like 4.15 in the straight 1804? If you don't do any um, of the updates. Yeah. I think of the base 1804. Yes. Not not the point one or the point two release. So are you forcing the bill or the kernel update in Cubic? Yeah. So like you can do that. You can do that. You can do a full apt get apt up or apt update apt upgrade and everything else, and it will replace the kernel. Um, but I found that to be a little flaky, so I try not to do that at all now. Um, although you know the problems we just ran into with this dot two build <laughs> uh, lead me to believe that. 
you know, we should just stop at the the dot release and call it good. <laughs> <laughs> well, you haven't you haven't pushed one up. That's the straight dot build with no updates, right? Um, I did originally. I have since then replaced the ones that are up there. Uh, was that the one that was called we... like LHS like eighteen oh four LHS V one or whatever? Yep. Okay. Yep, that was the original one. And I'm just checking the site real quick here because I don't have a copy of that one anymore. Uh, I'm just seeing if I left one You're up there. Fired. If not, it's on my. Well, yeah, I'm not the one who's hosting <laughs> these files. That's his job. As yeah, soon as he gets ones, mine. as soon as he gets ones that like built consistently across multiple computers, we might actually put that out there as a torrent. But until that happens, I think we're just going to leave it on his site. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll just burn all my bandwidth and everything. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So I think. Yeah. I think right now all I have up on the server are dot one builds except for Ubuntu Studio, which is still sitting at the dot zero build because I don't think they ever did a dot one build on theirs. Um, and I might actually have it still on this computer. LHSv1 dot mate. Let's see. Uh, nope. Those were my dot one builds. So yeah, I don't have that stuff anymore. So, uh, but it's not like I couldn't build it anyway. So we're, we've been using the tool cubic and it, it, radically simplifies making these discs because you can uh you can basically just say here's my starting iso here's what name i want then it boots you into the uh into the two-rooted directory <laughs> system where you can drag and drop files onto so i've been dragging and dropping my uh, little shell script to run the uh the the ppa ads and then the uh, installs in a certain sequence to ensure that it doesn't uh, doesn't fall apart <laughs> and then the wget to get the JS8 call and everything else. Um, and that's been working fine. Uh, this latest build, we downloaded, like I said, the dot two build of, um, of Mate. And that was the first one we revved out and I pushed out for testing. And you ran into some problems with this among someone else. Uh, I believe I got emails and somebody else in the chat room, I think had said they ran into an issue where they, uh, having problems with the, uh, the video um, either going black after the uh, after the welcome greeter comes up and you had problems as soon as you went into frame buffer mode. Was that correct? No, I, the install worked fine, which I assume is in frame buffer mode. So that that worked fine. Once the machine rebooted after the install, it would bring up the login screen. But as soon as I would log in, the screen would go black and I couldn't do anything after all. I've, I've seen several mentions online that say that that problem actually might work itself out over time that mate is just hanging on something and mm -hmm. there were a couple of references to packages to install to see if you could sort of bypass that hang but i found out that if i just put no mode set in the in the linux uh, kernel boot line that it took care of that problem and mate would boot fine but then i subsequently installed 1904 which is the latest release of ubuntu using the gnome desktop instead of mate and that worked perfectly and this only happened on these hp laptops that i've been dealing with that have had major problems um oh yeah yeah the, and the crap boxes yeah the crap yeah, boxes yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the new laptop that i got the new inspiron 5342 which is a two-in-one and everything else i did the 1804 build with mate and it went absolutely perfectly had no problems whatsoever with it that's why i yeah. felt confident in trying to put it on these hps uh which failed miserably um are you actually using yours to do like log into it or are you into discord or anything because mm -hmm. i don't see i don't see you logged in 
Well, I'm not on Discord, so right. no, she's on I'm Discord. Oh, you're on Discord. Discord. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so yeah, you're using the GNOME version. That's the 1904. I didn't do the LHS build. I'm going to add all the PBAs and stuff uh, in retroactively from the the Cubic build script. Right. But does that seem to be working relatively decent on that crap box? Uh, yeah. So there's no no burps have happened so far. Knock on wood. <laughs> so yeah, but no, it it seems fine, and it's. Now that you've gotten all the junk off of it, the from the you know the Windows junk, right? That was tangled <laughs> up in the you know the operating system. Well, that that actually has a clean install of Windows 10 as well too. Right. Which which if you boot into Windows 10, you'll find that it actually performs way better, better than it used to. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, everything seems perfectly fine. So. Okay. Yeah. Because before, like the Ubuntu installs were like really crazy. I was I did an LHS build of I don't know if it was 1804. It might have been the one before that or was 1804 the first one i think 1804 was the first one okay so i did that before but i would i found out that doing that using legacy mode we should probably talk about uefi and bios and stuff a little bit um yeah the you can use the little thumb drive or the the dvd iso that we provide to boot and this this doesn't go for just ours it goes for all ubuntu versions but you can you can boot it on a computer that understands legacy mode or UEFI mode. It will actually work for both. But if you have a computer that understands UEFI, you definitely want to boot and install using UEFI. If you if you go into legacy mode, you're going to have all kinds of crazy problems, and that was the problem I was having. So <laughs> basically what you have to do is you have to go into your BIOS. You have to make sure that UEFI is you know current, that your BIOS is current, but turn off secure boot and in the case of these hp laptops and presumably other computers too you have to delete the uh security keys in order to fully disable secure boot because linux is there there are ways to bypass this because there apparently is a secure linux key that is understood by uefi but trying to deal with that is just a pain in the ass just turn it off um and once i did that and actually booted the ubuntu installer in uefi mode life was wonderful so um if you do that, great. And like I said, we're still trying to work out this problem with Mate, uh, the video issue with Mate. But uh, you're working on a build that actually uses the default desktop, not the Mate desktop. And that seems to be working a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. So we uh, after we went through the issues with that, we decided to uh, you know hit pump the brakes on the burning. And we only got about a quarter of the way through the disks. And then uh, we decided to do a test build on the baseline, you know, the base Ubuntu with, uh, you know, I guess GNOME and Unity, whatever. And uh, that seems to have worked, although there are some caveats with that too, which we haven't run into before. And it's basically because, um, you know, the, the baseline build of Ubuntu has a bunch of stuff already turned off, like it turns off backporting and and everything else. So, like, when I have to go in and install it, I have to add all the extra uh, package archives uh, or pack, package repos uh, just for the baseline stuff so I can get like Maria DB and stuff like that installed and, uh, put all the, uh, ham radio pure blend packages on there because they're not available either, uh, by default, if you don't have everything turned on for third party and stuff like that. So out of the box, that's kind of already, already neutered down to that. So, um, so anyway, I was able to add the packages, um, add the PPAs, run the, uh, the build script, uh, burn out the CDs or not the CDs, but the ISO. And, uh, I noticed that like, if you actually install from the grub menu, 
um, you get basically the base system. You don't actually get the customized version. And then Don KB2YSI just did the uh, did the install twice because he's such a great person <laughs> <laughs> with a lot of patience, and he's also doing all of our burning. So you know, very yeah, <laughs> much many, thanks, many props to Don. <laughs> for for uh, helping us out there. Um, so if you do the installer from the live build, um, he ran into a video issue on reboot. And I, I don't know if this is just because it's, uh, you know, 1402 is fairly, you know, recent <laughs> and maybe needs a, a, a one more refresh before it actually goes to ISO. Um, but then he re, redid the install with everything checked, you know, the third party add ons and also update while installing. Did you say 1402? And it, he did. Did yeah, I say 1402? <laughs> It's like uh, it went by me, and I was like, "Wait a minute, are we talking about the same thing? Was that a version of the kernel or what?" Eighteen oh four. Okay, there sorry. we go. <laughs> sorry about no that. Um, yeah, been a long day. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, anyway. Um, so yeah, once he did uh, the install with the updates and everything else, boom, it worked. Um, everything installed, all the packages installed, everything that was customized goes along with it. So that's that's a great sign. <laughs> um, so uh, I m- I may do like one more one more pass at this thing before we turn the burners back on. Um, we do uh, you know we could go with nineteen oh four for our build out, but there are some issues in that realm as well when it comes to looking at our PPAs because not all the PPAs actually have Disco uh, repos yet. So. Um, so yeah, so I don't, I don't, I don't know if we're quite ready to do that, and I don't know if uh, we should uh, bother putting an eighteen ten desk out. <laughs> Although you know, eighteen ten would be better at this point. Um, I'm, I'm open to suggestions for that. But anyway, so, so we do have a working build with a few extra, you know, check boxes that you have to make sure that are are checked in order to make it go out and work flawlessly. We will still have, uh, for sure, at least. Uh, uh, a good little stack of the Mate discs. Uh, should you want to go ahead and try that anyway? Uh, Mate is what we had out the last time. That was at uh, last Hamvention. We had Mate and uh, a, lot, a lot of good response from that. I mean, I run it as a daily driver here. I do run it in the Pantheon mode, which makes it sort of look more like, uh, um, Mac OS. I guess Mac. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it looks like Mac or, uh, or, or elementary OS. Cause that's really where Pantheon was kind of uh targeted for so it has that kind of look and feel it's very clean looking i i i enjoy it immensely so you must um, have had 686 builds of the original 1804 because that's what's running on the lap yes books we had yeah we originally built the 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 x86 builds and the 64-bit builds and remember we had the two sets of discs yeah that's right we did have a few copies of the 686 version yeah, yeah. and see yeah just in case uh so did did 686 go away with 1804? Well, it's gone away with for sure for 1904. Um, everybody's phasing it out. So if there's any x86s out there, what's in the repos and what's getting updated in the repos is what's there, at least for Ubuntu and Debian and uh, several other, um, at least the major partners. I think some smaller niche uh, distros are still going to main mainstream the x86 builds to kind of give that uh, some longevity. But uh, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't see it in the commercial builds because you know x86 computers at this point are uh, you know reaching the 12 year mark. 
Yeah, they're going to be very rare. Well, we'll still yeah. we'll still be demoing our our disc version on 686 computers because those netbooks are older atoms and they're only 686s. Right. They're not AMD 64s. But luckily, it was the 1804 build, so it's still the same build. At least you know as of the last, it's it's the dot o version, not the dot two. Right. But it's it's basically yeah. the same thing. So. But you can still run your apt update up, apt upgrade, and and get the latest packages uh, as long as they're still being maintained. Well, they should be in because the, the 1804 is an LTS, so they should be maintained even in the 686s through 2023. For, so yeah, for five years, yeah. So, but that'll probably be the last one. That, I'm pretty sure that will be the last <laughs> one. But those netbooks are going to have to last us until at least 2020, <laughs> yeah. when we can replace them with actually 64 uh, bit hardware. So. Yeah, yeah. So, and you know, even last year I had the Odroid. So, I mean, we had uh, an ARM computer there. That's true. And I did, and actually, all we need is Raspberry Pis up there. You know, we don't even need to, you know, little laptops and stuff. Well, like that's that. true. So, we could do our Pis. I mean, with the the threes, the RPI threes coming out and everything, they'd probably be more than powerful enough to handle what we're doing with them. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, I could bring mine, but uh, <laughs> I could just buy a couple of RPI threes. I mean, they're obviously cheap, right? That's what we talk about when we right. talk about yes. Raspberry Pis. So. Yes. Yes. So, uh, but anyway, so, uh, so that, that's what we have right now. And I did also want to kind of talk a little bit about, um, how you go from the LTS build to 1904. So let's say you've already installed 1804 LTS, like, cause we gave you the disc last time or you downloaded the ISO last time, or maybe you just installed it on your own and you've been he- hearing about this fancy dog named Disco. <laughs> disco dingo is that what you're disco talking about dingo. disco dingo oh that's and my favorite some really dingo the disco dingo there's been, yeah <laughs> there's been some really cool wallpapers out and everything else so i know people just want to try it for the wallpaper <laughs> um uh but there there's a little bit of a, a couple little hoops you need to go through especially with the ppas uh when you go from the lts build to the 1904 build uh the first thing you need to do is uh go into your uh your update uh, software settings or software updater settings where am i at yeah soft, software updater settings and go into updates and then click on the uh where it says the notify me of a new version of ubuntu go ahead and select for any new version and what that will is that'll select anything that is also not an lts build when you're on lts um once you do that and you do an apt update apt upgrade you want to make sure that everything is updated also, make sure you have no packages being held back or no packages waiting to be uninstalled. So go ahead and do the uh, the apt auto-remove, which should get rid of any uh, packages that are no longer needed by the system. This will prevent any upgrade from actually being possible because <laughs> the upgrade script does not want to break your computer. So uh, it, it will make sure that you were know, you definitely upgraded and you are definitely not uh, not having anything sitting on the side that, uh, that may come back to haunt you uh, on reboot. And once you have that, those two steps done, you're going to do the do-release-upgrade, and this will get you to 18.10. Now, this process script actually turns off everything that you've added via PPA. Now, it doesn't uninstall everything you have installed from a PPA. It only turns off the source from it. So that means that the list is no longer there. The repo is no longer there. So it will not take an update from that repo. Now, that's uh, a good and a bad thing. 
Uh, the good thing is, is that, hey, it doesn't uninstall the software. <laughs> so you're still going to have it. Uh, the bad thing is, is that uh, uh, you can't update it anymore from that repo. And uh, that might, may or may not be a problem. Uh, but we're going to go to the next step here. Once you have it, once you've rebooted and you're in 1810, you're going to do the same thing again. You're going to ensure that you're updated. You're going to ensure that you're upgraded, which the script will do anyway. But I always like doing it manually just to make sure. And and again, check for anything in the auto remove list. You'll see it. You know, if you've run your app tools, you, you've seen the little messages like, oh, yeah, you have three packages that are no longer used. You can uninstall them. So go ahead and do all that. Now, the second time you're going to run do release upgrade, it may or may not actually say there's a release because you'll be on 18.10 and uh, it might be looking for 19.04. And depending upon your system, my system didn't see it. So I had to add the the tack D, the minus D uh, as an option on the end of the do release upgrade. And then it said, oh, yeah, yeah, there is a development release here called 19.04. And so it was able to go ahead and grab that. It runs through the same process. It flips all of your uh, apt packages over to uh, Disco. It does the update, does all the changes, does all the cleanups. I was, uh, you know, safely comfortable hitting the Y, 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 Y button three times. <laughs> so you should feel pretty confident that it won't explode. It's pretty solid nowadays. I remember doing these upgrades uh, on just like a Debian system <laughs> where you had to go edit all your apt sources file. <laughs> And uh, I don't know. It it sometimes worked, right? You you never blew up a system, did you? <laughs> oh, I have blown up many a system. Although I will say that I upgraded my Hamshack computer from Debian nine to Debian ten, just doing an Aptist upgrade. Yeah, that did not blow up. And I have to say that when it comes to doing actual major version release upgrades using Apt in a Debian system, I'm not talking about Ubuntu. I'm talking about Debian system. I have actually probably been batting less than 500 on those upgrades. <laughs> um, but so I have to say that to have this to go from 9.4 to 10 successfully was a thrill. <laughs> um, Ubuntu tends to be much better about doing actual release upgrades uh, than Debian is. I'm not sure why that is, but Ubuntu seems to care more about the package dependencies and making sure that the upgrade goes smoothly because they actually provide that little command line utility called do dash upgrade, you know, release dash upgrade um, that is supposed to seamlessly move you from whatever you're on to whatever the next thing is. And for the most part, that does seem to work reasonably well. I will say um, you talked about uh, auto remove. Um, Yes. Once once you've done an upgrade, a lot of times packages will be outdated or they'll be superseded by something else. And there's a utility under apps called auto remove. Uh, one thing I always do in there just to keep my system clean or as clean as it can possibly be is to include the dash dash purge option. So it'd be apt dash dash purge auto remove. If you don't specify that, what it will do is it will leave configuration data and stuff like that on your system. And it will leave your package in what is called the RI state, which is removed. It's like, it's like the removed state, but it's not really gone. So if you do like a D package dash L and search through your things, you'll see that it's still like sort of kind of there in a limbo state. But if you actually do dash dash purge, it will remove all the configuration data and actually remove your package from your D package reference. You won't see it anymore. And I have actually never had a problem with doing that. 
never run into a situation where actually removing the configuration data and any like leftover share data from those packages has caused any kind of an issue. So I would recommend if you're going to do an auto remove that you specify dash dash purge while you're doing it. That keeps your system a little bit cleaner. Cool. I just did it. (laughs) (laughs) So you can do it and still record a podcast and that's just fine. All right. Excellent. Good to hear. Good to hear. So, so once you've got it, your system up in 1904, like I have mine in 1904, and I, and I haven't fixed anything yet. So I haven't actually gone through and looked at my individual uh, lists inside of my sources directory to figure out which ones I need to turn on and which ones I need to go back to. Cause you're going to have to kind of do a little, a little checking before you turn these, uh, these repos back on, on your PPAs. So inside your, uh, uh, what is it? The apt Etsy apt apt dot sources. Let's see. Sources dot list dot D. So slash Etsy slash apt slash sources dot list dot D. That directory there has everything that's been turned on or turned off and everything that is currently active. Uh, mine has a bunch of stuff in there because I have a bunch of stuff extra on mine besides the ham radio stuff. But if we look at one like the uh, the Blade RF, or as I saw it earlier, Bladder F, <laughs> the <laughs> <Nice>. Bladder F list. <laughs> if I go into the dot .list file, so that's the only one that's actually read, um, you can see that both of them are actually commented out. And what you will have to do is to, and if you have a decent editor, you can go ahead and click into the link. You can actually go ahead and check out the PPA repo and see if inside of the uh, the disk directory that they have there, if they have the disco dingo set up, which would be just a disco. So it'd be disks slash disco. If they don't have disco set up, it's no sense turning that back on with the disco name because there isn't a disco repo and you're just going to throw errors every time you uh, every time you connect to it. So you'll have to kind of go through and see which ones are good, which ones are bad. They will all eventually go good because uh, people will start uh, running their builds and their their, their continuous integration servers and stuff like that. All their tooling will be uh, targeted for 1904 um, as uh, as uh, the last one kind of winds down. What was the last one? Cosmic? Yeah, Cosmic. Yes. So 18.10 was Cosmic. Um, so yeah, they're just basically, they just need to, they'll be setting up new targets for that. So it's probably good that it doesn't keep those things turned on. Cause like you would have all kinds of errors, uh, doing, going in and doing an apt update because it says, Oh, there's no, nothing here. There's nothing there, you know, whatever. Um, so I can tell you that when I updated mine, everything stayed the same. So I'm running WSJTX 2.0.1. I haven't downloaded the beta that is running the FT4 that is everybody's talking about right now. <laughs> so I don't have that. That wasn't in the, uh, the next, uh, list before I actually did the last upgrade. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, JS8 is still there at the 1.0 level. All the other stuff uh, did not uninstall or anything else like that. So I still have GQRX. I still have Cubic SDR, Qt SDR, all the applications, the latest GNU rig. Um, or GNU, uh, GNU radio. So, uh, so yeah, give it some time. If you're going to go and try and dive into 1904, the PPAs aren't quite there yet. The targets are not there yet. 
So uh, you won't get the latest updates if you go straight into it. So if I like were to burn a disk of 1904 today, it wouldn't have uh, the PPAs even added because it it would be of zero value. I would go through and I'd download the debs that aren't available and I would go and install them in manually. So it'd be in the build, which would be fine for temporary use. But then you would you would have to go through and manually update those yourself, um, which wouldn't be too terrible, but uh, <laughs> it wouldn't surely be as easy as the uh, the 1804 build has been, where it just constantly gets everything updated, and uh, you don't really have to worry too much about uh, the other software. I think the only thing we've had to update manually is the JS8 call, just because it's uh, it's not in a PPA system. Yes. And, yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, if you if you go to 1904, you're going to have to do a little extra work to get all of the packages and everything else there. I haven't done a just a pure 1904 build. Uh, to see what's uh what's in the ham radio pure blend to make sure that you know all that stuff is there which i'm sure like all the baseline stuff is all there uh i haven't seen what level cqr log and stuff is sitting at but um if you look uh on my site where all the isos are currently hosted at media.ne4rd any4rd yeah dot live <laughs> i can't even remember what well way call to keep sign. up with your own websites i mean yeah media any4rd any4rd dot live yeah okay it has all the isos <laughs> on there it also has the build script on there it, which is i mean it's nothing fantastic we're talking to a bunch of apt uh <laughs> apt ppa ads and whatever um you can play with all of that stuff i'm, I'm sure you can if you want to do an 1810 build or whatever you can just you know get any 1810 distribution or 1804 distribution everything should work just as it is in the script um and you're off to the races uh for a 1904 build i don't think it's going to work at all yet until until we get a little bit of traction normally it took i think about a month to get all the all the ppas having targets for uh for the distribution the last time we came out with 18.10 so um because I was, uh, I had one system on that. The, guy, the system out in the garage is on the 18.10. So, yeah, um, it takes a little bit of time. They don't target beforehand because it's not released. Uh, software developers generally target for release systems. <laughs> Unless they're forced to do, uh, you know, the ones. The ones that are in the mainline repo are always uh, handled. That's why they're always slightly behind uh, the actual versions. Because they just take the existing packages that they already have and already approved and just rev those up to the next level and put those in the next build system. So, um, so yeah. So, you know, if you can, if you can wait a month or two, <laughs> you can uh, easily just uh, create a 1904 system and we'll happily create one too. Um, but uh, for right now, you're, you're probably going to be, if you want the, the nanny script to kind of help you uh, along to build your system out, or if you just want one of the discs, uh, it's going to definitely be an 1804 long-term support build. Or, or possibly an 18.10. Um, you can build anything because it's, it's pretty easy to do with Cubic these days. Uh, we just got to work out some of the little, little weird bugs <laughs> that appeared with this particular build that we didn't see last time. Uh, we definitely want to have a clean build that we're bringing to Hamvention. Um, for those of you that still have DVD drives and actually really want a DVD, um, yeah, that, that's what we're trying to do. Well, we will have thumb drives available as well for the distributions. So, we just won't have quite as many of them because they're uh, much less cost effective than DVDs. Uh, while DVD is kind of becoming, you know, rapidly becoming an outdated media, they're still way cheaper than thumb drives. <laughs> yeah. 
So, <clears throat> but yeah, most, most computers still have, you know, optical media drives in them. If not, they have, you know, USB ports where you can plug in an external optical media drive. And, um, if you want to support us at Hamvention by getting one of our USB sticks with a distribution on it, we can certainly provide that as well. And we will be able to provide those for a much lower donation this year than we did last year. Um, our cost on, on getting them produced has come way down. So therefore we can offer them to, to you for much less money. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. That's something we'll figure out at Hamvention. So yeah. Yeah. And, and again, we'll, we'll, we'll always have the ISOs out on the web. So you can always go download them for free. Um, I mean, yeah, essentially the only time we, the only reason why we have them at Hamvention are really just to pick up donations. <laughs> We're and not a vendor who have yeah. never heard of us before and don't know that they're available for free downloads. It's not like we don't tell people that they're available for free downloads. Yeah. We, we encourage people to actually go yeah. do yeah. the free download. But yes. if, but, for convenience sake, sometimes it's easier just to pick up a DVD, and that seems to work out reasonably well. So A lot of people have actually said, oh, I have my computer in my motor home or at my hotel or whatever, you know, on Friday. I want to go try this out tonight. That way, if I've got problems, I can come talk to you guys tomorrow. And some people have come back and said, okay, I ran into this issue. What is the problem? Usually, Russ and, and Bill can get it ironed out within a few seconds, but... And if nothing else, we can refer them to episode 282 of Linux in the Hamshack. Where they <laughs> yeah, can, there you go. <laughs> hopefully find a little bit of a clearinghouse of information on how to get their build to work properly if there's some kind of issue, especially with Mate. But uh, yeah. if nothing else, we're going to we're gonna get a build that works well on as many different architectures as we can find. And then once that's done, that stuff will be put out via BitTorrent as well. Links will be on the website, so you'll be able to download them via Torrent as well as directly from uh, Bill's site, so we can kind of spread the bandwidth around. So Bill's not like paying six hundred dollars a month for his um, his droplet. Um, <laughs> oh no, it's it's unlimited actually. So <laughs> oh, okay, all right, that's fine. all right. In it's, that case, it's, uh, it's just hammer on, on Bill's it. droplet. Yeah. We don't care. <laughs> we want to see what unlimited really means. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did one day i was like oh they say i have unlimited storage and i threw like 27 gig at it one day <laughs> no problem they didn't complain i never got a notice it says hey well we're talking about bandwidth though, not this? storage oh yeah it's unlimited bandwidth too so oh well, i'm an you know, old one, customer so one i have like all days, the grandfathered stuff <laughs> one of these days there's gonna be a knock on the front door and it's yeah. gonna be you know your isp going hey we need to talk. <laughs> no, no, no. This is actually DreamHost. I've been with DreamHost for years and years and years and years. And oh, uh, cool. so, yeah, I mean, all my sites are are hosted there. And yeah. oh, I said Droplet. That's a DigitalOcean thing, not DreamHost. So yeah, yeah I'm on DreamHost. I, I have a Droplet as well. The Droplet is um is where I host the the audio stuff. So that's where uh, Mumble that's, is. Right. That's, that's where, where we're talking is. right now. We're yes. recording using DigitalOcean. So there you go. Yes. So we are on DigitalOcean, and, and they don't sponsor us. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, so stop, stop promoting them. And... Yeah, I know. No, but they're great. This is a $5 a month droplet. So, uh, yeah, big, big, big spender here. So wow. Yeah. Well, it works <laughs> fine for at least one Mumble instance. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it works fine for Echolink, and we've had uh, about 30 people connected on that. So it's not too bad. No, not for 5 bucks a month. So there you go. That's yeah. an unpaid promotion for digital ocean get that digital yeah. ocean hey 
<laughs> and Dreamhost. And, and Dreamhost. That's right. You don't want to forget Dreamhost. Yeah, way better than GoDaddy and all those other crappy ones. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so much Back. for those sponsorships. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The worst one of those is Hover. I just want to say Hover is the absolute worst. So I don't even know what Hover. that is. So. Yeah, it's terrible. Okay, <laughs> somehow, good. Yeah, somehow my uh, our, our bookstore got on that because whoever set that up set it on that. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> this is crap. <laughs> so nice. I do want to point out, I think he might have said something along these lines with the, the build script is there at the media.ne4rd.live site. Yep. And that gives you basically the commands you need to set up almost any Ubuntu distribution to include all the PPAs and setup that are built into the cubic version of our build. Yeah. So if you wanted to do something you know, similar, but not the same. Or if you had, you know, a little bit of knowledge about Linux systems and how things are integrated and stuff like that, you could take that and see how we built ours and use it to customize yours if you wanted to go a different route. Um, but yeah, and literally that's only the basically the package list because that's all I do in Cubic besides renaming it. I just right. install the packages and then I say make the ISO. You do have so, a little bit of extra bits for JS8 call just because of the way it's done. Right. And there's a wget in there and then there's an install following that. Right. So, so everything is there. It's, it's no, no magic whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, it's the same commands that, that we put on the, the, uh, the video series as well. So, uh, there's, there's absolutely no difference on what we were talking about, you know, or two years ago when I did the videos and when we did the discs last year and then what we're doing this year. Except for JSA call, we've added JSA call. Oh, and and I do get the latest G predict as well, just because the features are just a, that just are a smidge better, a smidge better to get that that PPA build. All right, very good. So you know you're getting at least the latest builds of the software applications where it's useful to have the later versions, and where JSA call is not included in any distribution that we're aware of, it's included in ours. So excellent. Yeah. Because if you've ever dealt with JSA call, if you've ever wanted to use it, the the way you get JSA call is the biggest pain in the ass you'll ever deal with. So not, hoping, no, not anymore. No, oh, they have their own, anymore? Yeah, they have their own website now, and it's uh, I think it's just files.jsacall.com or something like that. It's real right, simple. They're, they're coming around, so that's fantastic. And as soon as they put out a PPA, we'll be super happy. So yeah, well, I guess it's not files. Is file, file downloads files something, you know, something, something along those lines. stupid like that they have a website so they're since they went off to a dot one release they uh they have a regular website now instead of having to go through the the groups io list uh fantastic that's the best news i've had all day all right <laughs> i hope not geez that's terrible. <laughs> i haven't had a lot of news today i've been i've been installing ubuntu all day so that that's like that my whole day multiple times right Mul- yeah, multiple times installing both windows and ubuntu it's been basically taking my uh, entire day so okay so they have a latest.html on the end of that files.gsa call.com that's pretty stupid anyway <laughs> learn to index 111 anyway <laughs> i knew i had right. the url sort of right <laughs> bill does not speak for linux in the ham shack okay no. <laughs> yeah these are purely comments of mine and mine alone <laughs> wow now i can't wait to i can't wait to do a review of the the js4 not js4 ft4 ft4 yeah yeah, yes, apparently that they're sending it out to wide wide beta testing now. So and this is gonna be the RIDI roundup type uh type usage, the RIDI contest replacement. 
Oh, very cool. Yeah, I'll be so, looking yeah. forward to that coming out for sure. Yeah. So that'll be in the, that's in the 2.1 build of WSJTX, uh, which is not in ours right now. It's not on the build list. So, uh, if I can find it, then I'll, I'll, I'll figure out how to get that added as well. All right. Sounds good. All right. So is there anything else we needed to run down on our build, uh, the 1804 upgrading through 1810 and 1904 or anything else we need to touch on before we get to Hamvention? I'm sure there'll be more to say about it between now and then, but I no, I know. I know it's just going to be a lot of people talking about the, the new builds and stuff like that. So, um, I mean, right now, as of today, it's, uh, you know, it's not PPA ready. <laughs> Um, but I know we're going to be talking about it because, uh, cause that's the way it was last time. Everybody was talking about the 1804 build because the LTS had made it quite a bit of news. And then everybody gets confused because it's an 04 build, <laughs> but it's not an LTS build. Um, it's only every two years we get an LTS build. So this is still just like, a um, uh, what would they call this? What do they call this build? Not beta. Like, um, intermediate standard build non non lts it's a uh, non lts build let's just call it like that yeah it's a non lts build uh so uh yeah Yeah, it's supported for what 18 months or less than that um oh i saw this earlier actually too and i don't remember the exact number of months that's part i think it's like nine or something or 18 i think it's 18 18 months i think yeah that sounds about right but yes the lts builds come out on the even years so your 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, and next year, 20, will be the LTSs. The odd years, not so much. Yeah. The people that are not on LTS builds generally just stay with whatever the latest build is. So you never have to worry about going for more than six months because you get a 10 build and you get an 04 build. Right. So every six months, you're going to get a build. And then every two years, you're going to get an LTS build. So right. at least that's with Ubuntu. So... Yep, and some distributions do things completely different, like Debian, which is a rolling release, and and things like that. So, but Ubuntu has their own way of doing things. The even year O fours or LTSs, everything else is an incremental, and then so on, so forth. And the so, next Hamvention, we're going to be on Manjaro. So that's, that's right. <laughs> completely just going to jump ship just and go straight to Slackware. Go completely crazy. <laughs> yeah, not Slackware. Never. <laughs> go, to, go to Arch. <laughs> there we go. Well, you said Manjaro. So. Yeah, which is Arch. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so, that'll be for next year. So you guys just wait. <laughs> yeah, we have a little bit all. more information about Manjaro and Arch here coming up in the question for our announcements and feedback. But Well, let's get there. Yeah. All right, let's get there. So... Under announcements and feedback, we have a couple of items we want to talk about Hamvention. The Hamvention 2019 campaign is still ongoing, and we are two-thirds of the way to our funding goal. We only have, what, 20-something days left, 24, 25 days left or something between him yeah, now and Hamvention. It's not a lot. Mm, no. So if you have a few dollars in your pocket and you can send them our way to the Hamvention campaign, we'd really appreciate that. And we hope to see everybody in Xenia. I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. We've already purchased the boost space and everything. So, I mean, we're going to be there no matter what. But 24 yeah. days. Yep, 24 days. I was right on the money. So Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's coming up quick. <laughs> yeah. Yep, faster than we can even imagine. But anyway, so there's only a few days left to put some money in the hopper if you can do that. If not, just share the campaign with everyone you know at your ham radio club or just out on the internet or shout it from the rooftops, whatever it takes. 
Uh, but that campaign is at url.bcts.info slash hvc2019. We appreciate everybody who's donated so far. And if you can spare a dollar or two here, well, it actually is a minimum five, of five. Right. But if you can spare five dollars, <laughs> we would appreciate it. Maybe you can pool with your friends and like, you know. There you go. There, everybody yeah. put in a buck. <laughs> yeah. That works. All of you, you people who are like going to the strip club, just keep one dollar back. And pull it all together. <laughs> right. And yeah, then send it our right. way up. And that would probably get us there in no time flat. <laughs> all right. Anyway, and before him mentioned 2019 happens on the 15th of May, we're going to have our eyeball QSO party, which is going to be at Zydeco's in Mooresville, Indiana. We're going to be there around 6.30 p.m. We'll go till they close or till Hutch kicks us out, one or the other. And uh, we hope if you are just hanging around the Indy area or just happen to be passing through on the way to Hamvention that you stop by there and we're going to have a real good time. So, and, and we're looking forward to meeting everybody. And, and in the hopes that we actually get this published before this weekend, I will be at Linux Fest Northwest this weekend in uh, Bellevue, Washington. So if you see me there and you want a sticker, I have stickers. <laughs> All right. I have and business cards. And, and business, business cards. Yeah. So. So Bill's um, yeah. not going to be like at a booth or anything. He's just going to no. be wandering, wandering around Linux Fest yeah. Northwest. But you should definitely stop him and harass him and ask for a sticker for sure. Yeah. Yes, definitely. I have plenty. So I will be there. I'm already signed up to be at the Jupiter Broadcasting uh, the cookout thingy on Saturday night. So I'll be there. Hope, hopefully Bill is going to have his portable recording gear and is going to get plenty of audio <laughs> content for the podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is, this, uh, is this a Samsung count? <laughs> <laughs> well whatever well, anything would, you can record yeah. on yeah yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> i'll probably forget that part <laughs> uh yeah i'll be I'll so you. like all excited about finally going to a linux conference after never been at one <laughs> never being wow, at one. wow. never, never once. <laughs> no wow no. no i saw, yeah. I saw is mad dog hall is gonna be there so yeah we'll interview yeah. everybody then yeah i will uh I probably won't. <laughs> to be honest, yeah. but uh, I will. Uh, I will be there. Should somebody want to talk to me? <laughs> I'm sure people will want to talk to you. Yeah. All right. So very good. So check out Bill at Linux Fest Northwest this coming weekend, and uh, look for all of us at Hamvention in yep. Xenia. In Xenia. Yep. Xenia with an X. Yeah. <laughs> so so Cheryl reprimanded. Keeps getting, yeah, on Cheryl Facebook keeps for, sticking a Z on it for whatever reason. <laughs> Cheryl doesn't. Everybody should should probably remember that Cheryl usually does these posting of these events at like four o'clock in the morning before she goes to bed. Oh, so yeah, it it never yeah it, it's never good. So. I get up the next day and people are like, hey, you misspelled my name or <laughs> you have it set for 2028. And I'm like, oh, crap. OK, well, let me fix that. So, <clears throat> so yeah. all right. <clears throat> anyway, moving on. We did have one bit of feedback and uh, we'll let Cheryl read the feedback because why not? OK, was because I mentioned it or no, oh, okay. uh, because you haven't really had a chance to say anything this episode. So okay. here you go. All right. <laughs> So our our last little bit of feedback was from an email from Paul, KE5WMA, and he asks, what Linux build in which packages would be best for a totally blind ham? At, this, at the moment, this ham is using an iPhone to get on Echolink to participate in HandyHamNets. 73, Paul, 
case E5WMA. And I put some notes in here, and unfortunately, we don't have a whole lot of experience with doing ham radio stuff on computers for the visually impaired. Now, I will refer folks back to an episode that we did with Jonathan Nato, who is a blind Linux user. He's not an amateur radio operator, but he did have a lot to say about blind Linux distributions, and he's actually part of the Sonar Project, which is a Linux distribution based on Manjaro, which is based on Arch, uh, focused primarily on limited vision or blind Linux users. And that was back all the way in episode number 59. We have not talked about vision impaired linux in a long long time that's probably something you should do right so this is probably worth a revisit at some point uh in the near future but there are a couple of linux distributions out there that are focused on blind and sight impaired users there are vinux v-i-n-u-x and sonar one's based on manjaro one is its own distribution it's not based on anything else as far as i'm aware and some of the other distributions, even the mainline distributions, have some accessibility features, including accessibility within the installer so that you get screen readers and stuff like that while you're actually doing an install. I'm not aware of any reasonable, easy ways to download and burn the software to do the install in a visually impaired or blind, helpful way. I'm sure that stuff exists but I'm not aware of it. Uh, but once you have a distribution to install, uh, Fedora, the Ubuntu Mate, and even Debian allow you to install using the Orca screen reader, which will actually guide you through the setup and everything. And a lot of the applications that run under those desktop environments that are in those distributions, like Mate, which can run on top of any Linux distro, have a lot of accessibility features, including screen readers, magnifiers, uh, high contrast themes, things like that, which are great for limited visibility users and for blind users as well. That's not to say that all of the ham radio applications can take advantage of those features, but the screen readers should be able to get through most of them. And even if you're running QTEL under GNOME on a MATE system, you should have some reasonable expectation of accessibility. But this is definitely something we should probably get with Jonathan Neto again to see, you know, the state of uh, accessibility and, you know, for, because I know there are a lot of blind hams and it's a great hobby for people who are blind because there's no real visual component. You can do a lot of it entirely, you know, auditory. So, um, so we probably need to revisit this topic for sure. I, I don't have any specific recommendations for applications because each of those are kind of specific to themselves and whether they work or not with the accessibility features of the distribution they're running on is kind of application dependent. Um, so I'm hoping we can get together with Jonathan or someone else in the, that community and kind of get a better answer to this question. Uh, but there are distributions like Fedora, Vinix, Sonar, Ubuntu Mate, and Debian, which have plenty of accessibility features. There's also Talking Arch, which is another Arch-based distribution, which is entirely text-based with screen reader functionality and all that. And the the main screen reader that's used these days is Orca. It's the thing that overlays on top of all of those distributions and does the screen reading uh, for all these 
whether it's through the installer or once the, the desktop environment and the distribution is installed. So I'm not sure this is really much help. And it's not really specifically answering the question, but I don't have the answers for this. And we really need to get an expert in this particular field to come back because, um, you know, we need to revisit this topic because episode number 59 was probably in 2009, yeah, or so 2010. It's, yeah, it's probably been 10 years ago. Yeah, it's, so. it's a long time ago, so... Well, but if any of our listeners have more information on this, please feel free to send us an email or something. Yeah, if you happen to be a blind amateur radio operator who does, you know, PSK31, we want to hear from you. Uh, You'll you'll probably wind up on the show if you want to be on the show. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I I don't have any real solid answers. I I hope there was some basic coverage of accessibility and particularly blind accessibility on Linux distributions there. Um, You can go back and revisit episode number 59 if you want to get some more specifics about the things that were current, you know, eight years ago or whatever. uh, And then we'll try and revisit that topic as soon as we can. So that's the best I can do, Paul. But thanks for the question. And hopefully there's at least a little nugget of information there that's helpful until we can really dive into the topic right. a little deeper and find some more information for you so yep all right with that i think we've come down to the end of the program we should recognize the people who are in the chat room with us tonight and helping us out and talking with us uh while we did the show we had dave casey 3 lzy don kb2ysi ted wa0eir fred n2nrv and don casey 9 zmy so some of the usual cast of characters and a couple of new guys in there it's good to see everybody out there and we thank you for joining us and participating in the show and listening to the live broadcast and everything and we hope that everybody has a good week and you know enjoys the podcast uh, in the post-released production version whatever you want to call it <laughs> <laughs> i did have one uh, one thing on the uh, on those 1904 build and the 1810 build okay. They're called the uh, stable releases and they have support for nine months. Ah. So 1904, 1904 is uh support until January, 2020. So, uh, just so, uh, so you know, and we know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Very good. And if you have any questions or comments or feedback for the show, the information will be in the outro and please get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. We also have a voicemail line that information's in the outro too. So give us a call and. You know, we'll answer your questions, your comments, and try to respond to your feedback as well as we can. And in the meantime, have a good week, and we'll get back with you the next time we record a show, which, you know, will be soon. So anyway, you've been listening to episode number 282 of Linux in the Ham Shack. We'll see you all soon. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the program by visiting the LHS Patreon page of patreon.com stroke lhspodcast or using the contribute link on the website. Get in touch via social media. The show has a presence on Google+, Facebook, Twitter, Discord and YouTube. Or you can drop an email to info at lhspodcast.info or record a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW. That's 1-909-547-7469. Visit the IRC channel, LHS Podcast, on the Freenode IRC network. 
Also visit the online merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable LHS merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a Linux convention or ham fest. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info or visit the website for details. The podcast is recorded live every Monday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Connect to the stream at stream.blacksparrowmedia.net colon 8008 stroke LHS live. Until next time, over and out. in the ham shack and the linux in the ham shack logo are released under a creative commons attribute non-commercial no derivatives 4.0 international license